0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. And this podcast is presented by 4th and 20 Media. NBA playoff basketball is finally here. Um, I'm excited. Uh, lots, lots to get into this episode. First,
1: how are you doing, Jake? Um, and how is everything with you? I'm doing great. I'm just geared up, ready to go for tomorrow. Uh, big playoffs. The time we've been waiting for since practically March and the and the break, the long break that we had yeah. until basketball, and then these eight seeding games. So I'm happy. I'm I'm excited, ready to go.
0: Yeah, no, I feel the same way. Um, we have a lot to get into. Like I said, we're going to be doing playoff predictions, but before we do playoff predictions, we do want to talk about there have been some firings in the NBA over the you know past couple of days, and since we've last uh, released a podcast um the Chicago Bulls fired Jim Boylan after two or three seasons and I think everyone kind of saw that coming I know Bulls fans um are very very excited for that because you know he was not the greatest coach and then a a firing that caught me by surprise and I know you want to talk about is the Pelicans firing Alvin Gentry after five seasons um only making the playoffs once uh and then obviously you know just drafting Zion first year Zion, I didn't go as planned as Zion's injury and them not performing well in the bubble. So, uh, and I know we've talked about, um, before I do let you go, I know we talked about in the bubble um, over the past couple of podcasts, you know, their uses of Zion in the bubble and especially in meaningful games, not playing it in crunch time and stuff like that. So I wanted to ask you, how much do you think of that factored in to Alvin Gentry's firing and then also just wanting a new, fresh, young blood head coach in there?
1: Well, I don't think the Zion, I think it did play a little bit of a part in it, but the seeding games, if we're talking about those as a whole, even David Griffin came out and said that the firing really did not have to do. It It came with the overall process of, of course, his past, but also moving forward with their young guys there in the package uh, for Anthony Davis. They got a lot of young guys, including Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, who have made great strides this season. But then again, them them as a team with the vets that they have, JJ Reddick, uh not missing his first playoff, uh, with that streak coming to a close. Um, so yeah, that's tough for JJ Redick. But uh, as as far as Drew Holiday as well. But the big guy you, you mentioned him, Zion Williamson, it's it's gonna be key because in my opinion. It was surprising for me to see Gentry go. I think he's a well-respected well coach throughout the whole league. And I think he he deserves a job somewhere. And I think we can get into that as far as there's a bunch of other – I don't even really have to bring up Boylan. I think that one's to no surprise. I think that should have been – that's long overdue. And I know a lot of Bulls fans are, are happy about that one. But as far as Gentry, I think that this move, to me, should have been done uh, – and this is all with hindsight, of course. Hindsight is 2020. But I think it should have been done prior to this season. I think that uh, if you look at Zion and just him, you already kind of know that he's going to be out. And then you kind of have a disappointing season. And Gentry's been – he's dealt with a lot of injuries as a coach. Um, Throughout his tenure there, he's only had – he has a record of 175 and 225 throughout his five seasons there. Only made the playoffs once in 2018. Um, And – that ended uh, – they sweep the. They happened to sweep the Blazers but came short against the, the Golden State Warriors um, who were eventual champions that season. But as far as Gentry, I, I just think that if you were going to make this move to fire Gentry, you might as well have just, just done it at the beginning of the season because you have a guy in Zion Williamson who's a generational talent. And to develop him, I just feel like to have Gentry there the first season, I feel like you could have just started – with a uh, clean slate with a new coach um, that you were going to keep long-term instead of bringing him in for Zion's second season and being that Zion's going to be a potential franchise pl- uh, player as we, as we're thinking about that right now with the Pelicans, I just feel like someone that can develop him. Um, and yeah, I was a little bit surprised by the decision, but in order to uh, get the most out of your guys and, especially develop Zion. Uh, I felt like that just, that should have been done hindsight now at the beginning of the season, but that's just my thoughts.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny. Cause you, you as you're talking, I'm thinking here and, and you think about all, all the great players, um, Kobe, LeBron, MJ, they all had a coach at the beginning of the career and that coach ended up getting let go. And they had another coach come in. If mm-hmm. that's Phil Jackson for Kobe and, and, uh, MJ Lebron has had many different coaches as he switched teams. You know, starting uh, after his first coach in Cleveland, it's slipping my name uh, who he had there. But uh, Mike Brown then came in. He are you talking about the rookie there. season? Or
1: are you are you just the talking about season, let go yeah. after there? Well, let the rookie go season after the rookie two or three season or? years in.
0: Yeah, yeah, after the rookie season. Because the same plays, thing you could say.
1: Yeah, you could say the same thing for Wade with how Swolster's, uh developed him. But if you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Excuse me, um, but I think I, I don't agree with you in the sense, though, that he should have been fired before this season, because I, I truly do believe Alvin Gentry is a really good coach, and, and I think uh, even though he's, he's a little bit older, I think he should get another chance with another team. Um, I think getting maybe a younger guy in there could be beneficial, um, but also, what did the Pelicans expect coming into this? this season i mean yeah i guess they had playoff aspirations because of the you know the team they built around zion with guys like wanzo bernie ingram guys who have been in the league for a couple years now and should be taking that next step like you saw with bernie ingram but at the same time you can't judge a season off of zion being hurt until january you know him trying to get in the group and the stoppage now the bubble now i will say and, and i know that you, i saw the quote as as you mentioned it about you know the bubble really didn't have anything to do i think it did though in a sense. Because of the way uh, the usage of Zion, especially in the bubble, with how are you not going to play your best player that gives you the best chance to win in meaningful games? I mean, it just didn't make sense to or anything. That's um, and that's you know you can blame the, you can blame whoever, but it ultimately comes down on the uh, head coach's shoulders. Um, it should be interesting to see who they hire, though. I know you know I've been reading guys like. Ty Lue, who has a relationship with David Griffin, the GM of the um, Pelicans, date, dating back to in Cleveland when Ty Lue, uh took over for David Blatt, and when the Cavs won the championship, Jason Kidd, assistant coach of the Lakers, who's a uh, co- you know been head coach in this league before, has been mentioned. Um, a bunch of people, you know, I know there's Kenny Atkinson out there. Uh, he's been mentioned, and and I want to talk. Uh, uh, briefly also about the the Bulls opening and, and what's going on there because to me and this is where I tie in the both of them the Pelicans and the Bulls to me are in very similar but different scenarios the Pelicans have a proven star not a proven star but they have someone who they feel they can build a franchise around the Bulls don't I don't know if you can say you can build a franchise around Zach Levine um, because I, Zach Levine is a great great player but I don't know if that's the guy who, who you can you know, rely on winning you championships and getting to the playoffs. But they both have very young core teams that I think are developing and should, you know, soon be good enough to be competing for playoffs. I know the Bulls this year should have, and, and that that firing um, is completely warranted as, like I said, they should have been competing for an eight-seat, especially out east. They should be, you know, in that seven- or eight-seat conversation. Um, especially when it's in, wide open. Know, yeah, I mean, especially when it's wide open like this, I, I don't think they should have been as bad as they they should have. And that's definitely coaching. I mean, you saw times where, where Zach Levine wasn't happy with Jim Boylan and other players, too, have voiced their opinion on that. Um, and then also, you know, just listening to Bulls fans that I know, it's just like they're they're sick and tired of the same BS uh, over the past couple seasons that he's been there. And they were very excited, you know, when that news came down. Um, but going back to the Pelicans, it should be interesting because this is a very crucial pick as to who they're going to want to be the leader of this team, because I think that it also should be interesting going into off season, how they, how they construct this team in terms of building it around Zion, because I've also heard rumors, you know, could Brandon Ingram be on the move and they, they ship out Brandon Ingram and try to get someone else in um, because Brandon Ingram doesn't really fit with Zion. Um, so I I think this is a this is this might be the most crucial off season in Pelicans history so far. Um, you know, people could say last off season just because of trading Anthony Davis, what they got in return, doing Zion. But this, in terms of where your franchise will be in the next five to ten years, could be very crucial. And I think the right head coach, especially, is very crucial because you want to develop Zion in a way, as well as if you keep Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. Uh, you have Jackson Hayes there. I mean, you have so many young players with so much potential that you need the right coaching staff to develop them properly.
1: Yeah. I. All I'm saying is I think uh, you could for sure say that this was icing on the cake in terms of gentry getting fired um, in terms of just their bubble production and what they were able to do. Uh, just not making, they look la- lackadaisical out there. They look like they weren't uh, giving it all when it should have been. Look, Postseasons on the line were either, you know, it, it just, it it didn't look like much effort out there and that's due to a lack of coaching. You talk about another coach that's, that's, that put uh, his heart, you know, his heart into it and, uh, and coached his guys and Monty Williams. And unfortunately they fell short, but you're talking about a guy that a a coach that, you know, is going to put players in the right scenarios. and, And it also has to do with the, the leadership and, um, the big step up, I guess, if you want to say, of Devin Booker, but uh, that's for another discussion with the Suns. But as far as Gentry, I- I'm just saying that I think, as far as management, if you were, if you didn't see him long term at the beginning of the season, then get rid of them then, because there's a lot of guys on this roster that, as we mentioned time and time again, are young, trying to develop, trying to become good players in this league. And I think if you're, if you don't see him long term, then I thought. And this is, of course, it's easy to see hindsight, but at the beginning of the season would be the proper move, in my opinion. And and uh, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of head coaches. You mentioned Boylan, which that, like you said, was called for. Um, the the lack of leadership, the lack of communication, um, just really not being able to develop talent in the right way not being able to use players in a certain way. And tactics just not using the right tactics at all, uh, just didn't really look like an NBA team at times, and that's because of their head coach. So all in all, the coaches in general, you talk about the Nets as well, they're dealing with looking for head coaches. And during a time like now, it's going to be super difficult um, to find coaches just because you're dealing with the virus and whatnot. So it's going to be interesting to see. There's a lot of, I think there's a lot of good coaches on the market, but then again, a lot of teams starting, starting fresh and developing guys and, and, uh, that warrants for their, for them being fired. But we'll, it'll and, be interesting to see what the replacements are. And I also want to mention the Kings, you know, bloody diva after I, I don't know how
0: many years, oh, that's and, true. you know, he, he stepped yeah. down and I think you look at a lot of these teams who are, are trying to, you know, the Kings have the Fox, uh, um, Marvin Bagley. Uh, a lot of these teams have these young players and it's so critical in their young careers already that this is a, a crossing road as to how the, how the teams, <coughs> excuse me again, um, will, you know, approach this. And, and because again, these are teams that they will be looking to compete for the playoffs over the next, you know, even starting next season. Um, I think a coach that I think always pops up in, in the, uh uh you know someone that they should hire is mark jackson to be honest i would love to see him go to new orleans you know you see you saw what he did he was in golden state and and uh, he got fired right before Golden state won on their little dynasty run um but he was a major part of that in developing stay as uh, steph developing uh draymond developing clay and i think he could be perfect for uh um the pelicans yeah. uh but I, do I think that'll happen? No, I know he's been mentioned for the Bulls job, but he seems to get mentioned for every job, and who knows if he'll ever take another job or if he just stays, you know, calling games for ESPN, which he's great at, too. Um, but that's pretty much it. Uh, I do want to get now into where we are going to do playoff predictions. We're going to go through every series, series um, talk about, you know, uh, how many games we think each team's going to win in and stuff like that. I do want to start off with the 1-8 matchup out East, Milwaukee versus Orlando. I think we both know where we're going with this, but you can yeah. go first and, and give
1: me your prediction and why and all that. Yeah, I, I think that it's pretty clear to say that the, the Bucks are going to sweep that series. Uh, I don't see the the magic being, quite honestly, in my opinion. The Nets are deteriorated, but then again, they do have a guy like Karis LeVert now, not foreshadowing what I'm going to say in my next uh in the next series, or, uh, or we'll talk about that at the end of the East when we wrap it up um, as far as the Raptors and the Nets. But as far as the Magic go, I just don't see it. Uh, we sent our purse to Jonathan Isaac. Um, that's a big loss for them, though, uh, defensively. And then you have report just came out about Mo Bamba um, and how he's going to be out uh, with post-coronavirus uh, evaluation um, and whatnot. So that's a big big loss as well. I just don't really see uh, anyone in the Magic deteriorating what the Bucs have. The Bucs have been great uh, defensively this year. One of the best uh, defensive teams in in the whole entire NBA, if not the top. Um, They have a leading MVP candidate, Giannis. Um, They're going to look to do some damage, especially in the first round. Um, And yeah, I, I see... I don't see the, the Bucks. I think it's pretty clear I don't I don't really need to go into much explanation uh, in that the Bucks will sweep, sweep that series. Sweep 7 four.
0: Uh, I don't no. agree with you. I I, I mean I, I, I think that Jonathan Isaac and Mobamba losing both of them, especially Jonathan Isaac defensively, um, maybe they could have got a game. But I I do see the Bucks in four. I think for the Bucks though this is more They didn't play well in those eight seeding games. Um, I know there's been reports, you know, Giannis is not too happy with the way his teammates have been playing and stuff. I think this is very crucial for them as much as it's going to be a walkover. But these four games, they need to really kick it in gear and and get ready because that next round, no matter if they play the Heat or the Pacers, they're going to get a team that's, that's ready to, you know, get in a dogfight with them. As we talked about, you know, in previous episodes with that, you know, two through, succeed in the east you know how, how each team just you know they, they're gonna get after it um so for me you know bucks and four but they they need to turn it on it needs to be impressive wins because if it's you know close games and in, in those four games i wouldn't be feeling too good if i'm the bucks going into the next series um let's now move in i think to the most exciting matchup uh in the east the four or five matchup indiana uh and miami Indiana's the uh, the four seed. Miami's the five seed. You know they they played the last game of the season. Neither team played mm-hmm. uh, any their start to determine the four seed or the five seed. So it really doesn't matter. Obviously, in the bubble, in a normal year, it would matter. Um, who do you have here? I have a feeling here too. And without any bias,
1: who you're going to pick here and mm. uh, why? I have the Heat. I'm going to take the Heat in five games. Um, I think that's a fair. Uh, judgment. Um, I could say a sweep, but then again, um, I, I just feel like the Heat are gonna uh, outlast the the Pacers in five. There's a very uh, key rivalry. Um, if you guys have not watched TV, uh, you guys may not know, but if you have guys have watched Bubble Basketball, you do know that, um, and even da- dating back to I believe it was February. When did that? Uh, jimmy butler to uh, january january excuse me january dating back to january with that um heated uh tj warren jimmy butler r- rivalry there i think that that's going to be crucial in this especially with we we were able to play them uh butler and warren or excuse me the heat were able to play them um uh on two separate occasions one in which uh tj warren Did not play, and so did uh, so. Jimmy Butler also did not play. Uh, But the matchup in which they did play was their first matchup since that meeting in February and or or January, excuse me. And Jimmy Butler won that battle, in my opinion. I think that the Heat severely uh, tested Warren, especially early on. He had one spurt where he was shooting uh, pretty fairly good, but in in the whole retros or looking back at the the whole entire game i think that the heat did a gr- great job on on warren you also have to worry about a guy like oladipo uh who's a perennial all-star um and could be a superstar i mean i don't i don't put him in that level but i of course i put him in an all-star level um just what he's done in on the pacers has been great uh, but I think what, what will hurt the Pacers the most in this is not having Demonis De Sabonis. I think that hurts them a lot. Uh, I think that it could go six, um, depending on Sabonis. But I have five. Uh, I have the Heat in five just because I feel like uh, Bam will dominate in the front court. I do think the Heat need to play more of Myers Leonard. I, I don't know why Spo was kind of taking uh, Olinic, I guess, more for spacing. Uh, more because he just feels like uh, he can attack for the perimeter. I mean, Myers can do the same thing, and he's a bigger body, so I don't understand why. I like My- Myers better in, that, better in that scenario. But, but um, but um, yeah, I have Heat in five. I think that it'll be a competitive series. Um, nonetheless, I think the games will be close, but I just feel like the Heat are going to prevail in those games. I have to agree with you with who's winning
0: the series. I wouldn't say in five, though. I do think it... As much as I want to say five, I, I think that the Pacers can grab two games. It will go six. Um, it will be a competitive series, but at the same time, I th- think the, the for the Pacers, the, I'm I, I don't know who I can say. I feel like T.J. Warren is that X factor for the Pacers. Um, I know that in in the games in his career versus Jimmy Butler, he's shot the worst versus any defender he's faced. Um, And Mm. that, you know, Jimmy Butler has that extra motivation now, even though he said, I think just in an interview the other day, that, you know, that's behind him and that's put in the past. Now it's playoff time. They need to focus. You know, he can't be focused on on -on one-on-one rivalries. They need to be focused on um, a team as a whole. But also I think Victor Oladipo. uh, I know he, you know, he's not the healthiest and he's still playing in the bubble. But I think if he can be the Victor Oladipo of at least half of himself, of what he was before he got injured last season, it can be a real tough series for the Heat, and and it can put the Pacers in really good position. I think you brought a great point up, in terms of Demontis bonus. If he was in this series, this series I think definitely goes six or seven, and and I would even lean towards picking the Pacers, uh, possibly. Uh, as far as your points with Myers Leonard on the Heat, he has you know he started all forty nine games that he played in before he got injured before the um the NBA shut down, and he was playing great. The Heat have always done well when he plays in games. And in the seeding games, he only played, I think, two of the eight. Yeah, Spro didn't the, play and, much. Yeah, and, and in those two games that he played, you know, it was with the reserves and, and at the end of games. And I think mm-hmm. you make a great point that he brings a bigger body in terms of rebounding and stuff, get, getting boards. He can also space the floor hitting three. Uh, it should be interesting to see. And also, I think, very key is uh, Derek Jones Jr. My prayers go up to him uh, yesterday. Got stretchered off mm-hmm. the court. With, was it? Yeah, yesterday. Not yesterday. Uh, two days ago. Two right. days ago, Friday. Yeah. Um, that he got stretchered off the court and yep, uh, with a neck injury or, or a shoulder injury, and I think that is very key in terms of if he comes back or not, who takes his spot of the rotation, and and I think uh, with the he, I think the X factor is Duncan Robinson, um, him his ability to make shots, but not only make shots but drive to the basket and and open the floor up for others is something that. It will be tremendous not only for this series, but if Miami wants to make a true run in the playoffs, and also Jimmy Butler's aggressiveness. Uh, we haven't seen the typical Jimmy Butler of past years, where he's you know driving to the basket and and really on the offensive end scoring buckets. He's been more of the facilitator and passing the ball out, even though he's averaging close to 20 points a game, if not a little more this season. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how aggressive he is in this series and trying to take over games, and also in the clutch, because I do think these games will be
1: close uh how clutch he is come come uh into games yeah i want to give an x factor uh to Goran Dragic i feel like he's going to be super key in this series driving the second unit facilitating i feel like especially in a in a series i know it's i know we're not playing the bucks but when we were playing the bucks uh we had really no uh we weren't really able to create shots and guys like Goran Dragic and Jimmy Butler helped out but I think not only Goran but that whole bench is going to be key. Um, I think that if you look at the Pacers' bench compared to the Heat, I don't think it matches up uh, that evenly. No, I think the all. Heat have I think the Heat have that advantage. So I think if they if they show up, I think there's a there's a real possibility uh we come out um, and I say in five. But yeah, no, I I think and I'm I'm looking here because. I'm
0: looking at that seeding game, uh, not not the last game of the season, but this past Tuesday when they played, the Heat won one 92 and I know you can't take too much from seeding games. Um, but, you know, T.J. Warren, not affected at all. Someone coming into the game, they were calling M.J. Warren just because he was averaging 40 a game and he couldn't be stopped. I mean, no matter who was guarding him, and the Heat really put a stop to him. Uh, and I'm looking at their bench, you know. They have Justin Holiday, Holl- T.J. McConnell, Jakar Sampson, Edmund S- Summers, uh, Doug McDermott, Goga Badazzi. It's really going to be interesting. Like you, I I think you pointed out something very key is the depth in this series. Uh, Like any series in the playoffs, how deep can your bench go? And also, I think defensively, we just mentioned TJ Warren struggling in the seeding games. Playoffs defense totally changes on you um, because it's more of a half court game, not running gun. And it should be, I I think, listen, I think this series, like I said, Coming in, and I think everyone can agree, in the East is going to be the most exciting series, just because Heat and Pacers have had rivalries since you know since the big you know when LeBron and D Wade and Bosh were on the Heat and Paul George was on the and and Roy Hibbert was on the Pacers back you know five six seven years ago, so I think it's going to be a really close series. But I know you said Heat and five, I say Heat and six, and, and I think if we have our predictions correct, it'll, it'll uh, have a real fun second round matchup between uh, Bucks and Heat. Um, I do want to move sure. on now to the Celtics and uh, Sixers. A series, I think, if we were to say at the beginning of the season would be a first-round matchup we would be so excited for. Um, now, obviously, the Sixers don't have Ben Simmons, who's out with injury, and we don't know when he's going to return. And the Sixers just this season haven't looked in sync at all, have been struggling all season. What? Who do you think takes the
1: series? I got Celtics in five. I think if they had Ben Simmons, it goes six or seven um, easily. But... Being that they don't have Ben Simmons, that's the focal point of their team, um, or at least one of the focal points. Uh, Brett Brown had put into – he'd taken into account that he was going to have to do something with Ben Simmons to keep his job, moved him to the four, was planning on putting Shake Milton at the, at the one. Uh, I think they're still going to do that, but they're going to put Al Horford at the four, um, which was sort of their uh, lineup, uh, obviously besides Ben Simmons um, – being at the one that that was their lineup for majority of the season but uh i I just don't see it uh happening for the for the sixers as much as i want um you know it to be uh well i mean i'm not really a big fan of the sixers but then again you can't wish bad on a team right you want you want to see a team uh do as well as they possibly can um especially in you know this nba bubble we're all we're all hyped to see all these matchups i i want to see Good, uh, you know, some good series, but I just I don't see it going more than five. I think the Celtics are a great team. A lot of young guys. uh, Talk about Tatum, the season that he he's had, the bubble that he he's had. uh, The bubble hasn't been the best version of Tatum that we've seen in this season, Uh, but we've seen we've seen glimpses and of what we saw in 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 months like February, which was a historic uh, month for Tatum, Um, and. I look for the Celtics to do some damage against the Sixers. I don't feel like I feel like the Sixers really lack depth off the bench. I, I don't know. I just yeah, in in yeah. comparison, yeah, in comparison to their previous se- seasons where they had uh Jimmy Butler, JJ Redick, all those guys and and not having uh not only depth but not not too much experience to be honest. Uh, I just don't see uh, that happening for the Sixers, so I got Celtics and five.
0: Uh, again, I'm going to agree with you not only on who wins the series, but also in the in the amount of games. I think uh, Celtics and five, easy. Well, not easy. Um, we we talked about it last episode when we talked about Ben Simmons getting injured, and I think it's very key. The way Joel Embiid plays in this series could determine if he's a Philadelphia Sixer next year, the year after, whenever, or not. Um, I think that the six-year experiment of trusting the process is coming slowly to an end. I think that you can only wait so many years before you pull the trigger on a team and and their coach as well, and Brett Brown. Um, I think even if Brett Brown were to win this series, even down, I I don't think he would be coming back next season. He wouldn't really need to make a deep playoff run and really be impressive. Uh, And also, I think this is a testament to Joel Embiid. How motivated is he? The motor, you know, I know Charles Barkley and Shaq always call him out on on his motor, and and you know sometimes he can go out there and and give you forty and twenty easy like he did he did in one of the games here in the bubble, and then other times it's like he's non-existent on the court because he's just not motivated at all to play. Um, I think it'll be really really interesting. Obviously Philly, not a great road team, but a great home team that now is null and void because there's no home or away. Uh, they can't feed off their fans and their fans in the playoffs. I know are, are real good fans and, and really show up to games. Uh, and then for Boston, I think that, you know, this is, uh, they need to take this, this matchup seriously, because if they, if they if it slips their mind, I, I do believe the Sixers can take a couple of games from them. I think that they want to take care of this easy. Um, and also they want to, you know, their stars, you know, and Tatum Brown, Kemba, they all want to, you know, just get, you know, get rolling and, and, And they were playing uh, pretty decent through the bubble. Um, But I think that they want to really turn it on now, like I said, with the Bucs and and get ready for, you know, upcoming matchups uh, later in the playoffs. But I think for me, I think it's this is more about the Sixers and their future than the Celtics and moving on in the playoffs, because um, I I have no worries about the Celtics uh, in this first round series
1: i have to agree with them. Um, I think that you look at Joel Embiid, and you also have to look at the players around him too because you can't really just put it on Joel Embiid. you got to – the way him and Al Horford had worked out, this is a chance for them to get that second chance, right, and to, to see how that works out. Um, and really, I mean, there's, there's a lot on the line. I'm not going to say you're worry-free here. There is a lot on the line um, in terms of Brett Brown's job, Joel Embiid's future and how this team looks in the next couple of years could, could depend on no, yeah, on no, how they're doing this think, in this bubble.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that this totally has everything to do, and I think not just like we talked about earlier with the Pelicans and they're not playing well in the bubble and Alvin Gentry getting fired and them saying, hey, this wasn't just the bubble. But at the same time, I think that also, you know, the bubble had something to do with it. This will have something to do with it, the way they've played. And people say, well, you know, they don't have Ben Simmons. How can you, you know, they're down a man. Joel Embiid is at, when he's at his peak and that, you know, when he wants to really put his mind to it, he is one of the most dominant players in this game. Uh, The pieces around him and what they built around Ben Simmons and Joel and and Joel Beat have not been great and that you can put on Elton Brand and in the front office but also the coaching hasn't been great and that's on Brett Brown who you know they've kind of rode with since he came in you know in the middle of them rebuilding and winning you know 10 11 games a year and now they're all the way here where in my opinion like I've said previously they're a team that like we're predicting will be out in the first round or if they were healthy they could have got all the way to the finals who knows, you know, this team is so unpredictable that, you know, it's a team with so much talent. And, and, you know, I like guys like Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, you know, is he worth the contract he, he signed? No, but he's a really, really decent, good player. Um, I think depth is also something that you look at and say, well, you know, I think will really cost them. And especially in a playoff series. And And they've been, you know, it's been talked about, all season long coming into the season. You know, you you have Shake Milton going to start. He's been playing decently. Uh, then off the bench, you know, you have Alec Burke, Fulkan uh Mike Scott, Matisse Dibel, uh And then, you know, in that starting lineup, we talked about Josh Richardson, uh, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harrison, and now Al Horford, who's going to be, be back in the starting lineup probably since Ben Simmons is out. So it'll be interesting. Um, like I said, another interesting playoff series because I think they will be just like the Miami um, Pacers series—very close games. Or they they have the potential to be. I, I think that it all depends again on Joel Embiid and, and his motivation because then it gets the others motivated as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. I I think there's no argument there that it's going to be a very close series. Um, and I'll just transition to our next series here. Go ahead. Uh, so we got the Toronto Raptors and the Brooklyn Nets, the two and the seven. I'm going to take the Raptors, but I'm going to take the Raptors in five games um, because I feel like Karis LeVert, the tear that he's been on in the bubble, I feel like he'll get the best of the Raptors in one of one of those games. Um, I just feel like he's had a hell of a bubble. Um, and, again, that has to do with – I mean, he gets, he gets a good amount of playing time regardless um, if Kyrie, Katie, whoever maybe is out. Um, but – just the way he stepped up in this bubble has been tremendous. I feel like they can get at least, or I think, I feel like they, they can just get one game. Um, and that's just sort of what I'm predicting. It could be a sweep. I see them, I see it not going more than five, though. I can't see that. The Raptors are a great team. I feel like they get by people like me. I feel like I've underrated them. Um, or no, I just I just haven't been on the, the Raptors hype train. Um, haven't really, and that, that. I mean, that sort of has to do with just the fact that um, I'm not a big fan of them. Like, I'm not a big fan of the, the Celtics and the, and the Sixers, but I really haven't paid too much attention to them. I've overlooked them, and they, they're a great team. Without, I mean, if they had Kawhi Leonard, you would say they, they would be a, a finals favorite for sure. Um, but even without Kawhi Leonard, the way they bounce back um, from losing him and showing that they, they still have what it takes to get all the way, I think uh, they need to minimize the series to as little games as possible to get rest for the next series, and I think that's why it goes five. Uh, I hope they try to make it four because if they do, they're going to look real scary, scary, especially when we get out west and we talk about the the Lakers with their tough matchup against the Blazers, and the first-round matchups are going to be crucial for not only the Raptors but the Bucs in making it all the way to the finals. So, uh, Just the fact that they're great on both sides of the ball, um and they're a pretty complete team in my eyes when they're at full strength so i gotta go raptors in five
0: yeah um again it kind of seems it's kind of boring with us picking the same uh, i'm gonna go raptors in five too. i think the nets will definitely get a game off just because of their heart and hustle that they have and they've shown so far in the bubble i mean uh they've played really really well surprisingly well they've won um, five, they went five and three in the in the seating games and, and played decently. But this Raptors team, they've looked scary um, in the, in the seeding games. They only lost one game. They went seven and one. Uh, and a team that I, if you if you were to tell any of us coming into the season that they would have their best winning percentage in franchise history with a, a seven thirty six winning percentage, uh, at the end of the season we would have laughed at you when they lost. You know Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. You know two of their to, Uh, Obviously, Kawhi Leonard, their most important player, and then Danny Green, a very crucial player uh, in their rotation. You would have laughed, like I said. Um, I think, you know, Pascal Siakam has stepped into a role of becoming a star in this league. Kyle Lowry continues to just play decent basketball and and give you what you need. Sergi Baca playing great. Um, Marcus Saul, you know, a lot of these guys who are older still playing great. You have Norman Powell. Freddie Van Vliet, who I think just continues to prove, you know, everyone wrong in terms of, you know, him being undrafted, even in college, going to a smaller school in Wichita State, uh coming into the league, like I just said, undrafted and and, and just proving everyone that, hey, you know, I can be a a, a big, big, big time uh playmaker in this league and, and a good shooter, and he's due for a big payday this upcoming offseason. Uh this team is besides uh, they're two seed, but at the same time, they're such an underrated two seed. But at the same, also, I think people are catching on now. And every time I'm turning on a television screen, everyone, any NLSO, so the Raptors are underrated. There's it being said so much now that I don't think they're underrated anymore. I think people are, are have noticed them, and especially this these seeding games, these eight seeding games, have really um, shown that how deep they are, how talented they are, how hard they play. OGN and an OB, another. Great wing defender and and, and uh, you know two way player. This team is scary and a team that I do not want to play in a, in a series. Um, I think that, like I said, the Nets will probably take a game off them, just because you know, just whatever it is. You know, normally I would say they would take game three or four back home. Obviously, there is no home now, so I think I still do think they take a game, but it should be interesting to see uh, what game they take. But I I think. Like every other team, and, and I'm going to say this out west, and you're going to continue to hear me say it, how they ramp up for the second and second round and potential conference finals and even finals appearances, because this first round matchup to me, and this is every year, is so crucial in how setting the tone as a team as to this is how we are playing. Obviously, each playoff series is a different, you know, a whole new season in itself because of strategy and all of that but with the heart and intensity you play and especially this is something new you're playing in front of no fans obviously on TV it's you know we've watched now so many games and these seating games it doesn't feel any different at least for me and we've talked about this but there you know you have the virtual fans you can kind of hear you hear the coaches and stuff but other than that there's nothing to get you and and that's why the others you know the role players on all these teams need it you'll see how much they step up or don't step up because normally when they're at home and the fans are behind them those role players will hit a key three um when they're on the road that you know you don't see them doing as well in the playoff series so now it's really the the great teams will come apart from the good teams and the okay teams and you'll see that in these playoffs
1: Yeah no doubt I I agree with what what you uh were saying there uh, Yeah Raptors are definitely a threat there's no doubt about it think a lot of people like myself don't realize it um but we're we're starting to realize it starting to um starting to really give them the attention they deserved I, I feel like it's been deserving all season but really now is the playoffs and and they have the the nets as their matchup um as i mentioned i just think that that's going to be very crucial in a in a especially in you see all these non contact injuries, especially with in regards to Ben Simmons and again, I'm not I'm not a, you know, I'm not trying to like throw shade in any in any manner whatsoever. Um but like with Ben Simmons, Jonathan Isaac, all these guys that have non contact injuries, it's gonna be re- very crucial to to rest on. Because if you're not resting, you're going to a series that's six, seven games. You're getting tested early on. And that's gonna be crucial when when I'm looking at further predictions down the line here when we start to get closer and closer to the finals.
0: So. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. That wraps up the east portion of the bracket here. Uh, we want to start out west now, and before we go into the 1-8 matchup, we had a playing in game, uh, Portland versus Memphis. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, I do want to also talk about it real quick, and we mentioned earlier, the Suns went 8-0 in the season. Seeding games still, that wasn't enough. Grizzlies who ended up losing in the seeding game to the Trailblazers only won two games. It kind of was unfair, but at the same time, you look at the season before the bubble, the Grizzlies had a great season, and I really want to tip my cap to them, uh, John Moran. And if again, another thing that if you were to tell me at the beginning of the season, hey, John Moran's going to lead the Grizzlies team within a game of the playoffs, I would have looked at you kind of funny um, and, and kind of laughed. And, you know, he totally deserves his rookie of the year that hopefully, you know, he does get in the coming weeks. Um, but now I do want to get into, and we talked about this last week. Uh, and I know I kind of had some hot takes as did you. We have this Lakers Trailblazer series.
1: Who do you have, <laughs> and how many games? Well, as everyone knows, the Blazers have been the hot topic of the bubble. Um, as you guys can, I mean, we could plug it. I mean, last episode we talked about them um, a good amount of the episode. So it's it's no surprise that the Lake, uh, the, excuse me, the Blazers are going to be. Um a very, very hot hot topic. Um as far as this series goes, man, I've I've debated uh I, I have the Lakers still, but I've debated how many games. I mean, it's it's very it is very um very much up for debate. Um man, I, I wanna say I'm I'm gonna go Lakers in six. Now honestly I feel like the first game I'm gonna predict that I think Damian Lillard's going to go off. I think the Lakers are going to be caught off guard defensively. I feel like not having uh, Rajon Rondo, Avery Bradley especially, due to their uh, understandable reasons for – or Rondo due to an injury, Avery Bradley too. Um, you know, an, understand, an understandable reason for not being in the bubble. But as far as those guys, those are key. Defensively, uh, I mentioned how good of a defensive team the Lakers are. Um, this season, but, but they're not going to have those two guys, uh, which will end up making their hands full with, with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, two guys that, as you look to the uh, – I, I can look no further than the playing game against Memphis with C.J. McCollum going off in the fourth quarter. Uh, and I thought John Morant played great defense, but there was no answer for C.J. McCollum. I mean, that guy was just going off, showing what a real second option – uh, looks like I feel like he's a very slept on uh, player. Could have made some all-star teams, but again, very slept on player in my opinion. Um, uh, all-star caliber, of course. Uh, Damian Lillard, again, not much to say. Player of the bubble, uh, MVP of the bubble. And he's going to be looking to... And I just feel like it's all narrative, man. I just feel like the Blazers are going to come out rolling and... and. Uh, And they got everything. They got everything riding on this. So I I don't see how it doesn't go at least six games. This is a team that is not your typical first-round matchup for the Lakers. And you have to look more towards not only this round, but later rounds as well. The Lakers are going to have to go through the series. And that's why I don't know if they can get... uh, Again, I, I feel like they can make a big push, but finals i don't i just don't know because there's a big question mark as far as how much they're going to be tested and this is one of those series so i got i got lakers in six, uh six uh very competitive games i feel like and uh again we can't we can't uh doubt playoff lebron which is why i'm not going to take the Bla- blazers at all um in this series but i still think it goes pretty far uh
0: this is this is a so tough I'll say this, and, and I'm still debating how many games, but I will say the Lakers will win. Uh, that, that could be six or seven. The only reason I don't pick the Blazers is the defense. Their, their defense is non-existent. Yeah, their defense is ours. You, you've seen yeah, it. I mean, they're, 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 yeah, no, I mean, you said it perfectly there. Uh, I mean, they have games 130 to 125. If they have a at least a sliver of defense in their lineup, perimeter I know they have Whiteside, but Whiteside, I can't. You can't rely on him that much. Um, and, and I'm talking interior now, but even uh, perimeter also. Pretty much, they're going to have
1: to outscore the Lakers, I think. Yeah,
0: it's going to be a shootout, and but like I'm like my my the point I was making. If they had defense, I'm choosing the Blazers in this series and in easy in six or seven. But without defense, I'm choosing the Lakers. Like you said, for the Lakers. Just like the Bucks that we talked about in their series, this is a series that obviously they're going to be much more tested than the Bucks, and they haven't played well themselves uh, so far in the bubble. Only They, they went 3-5, and five, um, one of those games beating the Clips, which a game I thought they could have lost. Um, I think that LeBron and AD, and again, I feel like we, I keep saying this, but stuff we've talked about in previous episodes, but this is all combining now. Um, since the bubble started that we've talked about LeBron and AD will come out you know LeBron you can't doubt playoff LeBron AD he's excited you know his first real chance at a championship it's again going to be the role players the Danny Greens the Deion Waiters uh the J.R. Smiths um so on and so forth Alex Caruso uh JaVale McGee how will they play will determine how far this Laker team goes for Portland like you said this is not a typical 1-8 matchup in any sense. This this Portland team, in my opinion, is a 3 or 4 seed of healthy the whole season. They're now healthy. You see how good they can play together. Dame Lillard has been, he was named bubble MVP. Um, the guy scored 40 points in one game, 50 points, and 60 points in consecutive games. He's playing out of his mind. Um, you have CJ McCollum in the playing game versus... Uh, the Grizzlies took over at in the fourth quarter to win the Blazers the game. I mean, when you have those two guys who can score 30-plus a night, plus you have Nurkic, who's playing out of his mind. Shout-out to him. Um, and also prayers up to him. His grandma just died from the coronavirus. He still played yesterday. Had a twenty twenty game, I believe. Uh, you have Zach Collins. You have Gary Trent, who's been playing out of his mind. Uh, I think an X Factor also there is Hassan Whiteside coming off the bench because it's like in the playing game, he played terrible, but he can also put up, you know, he'll always give you Hassan and maybe off the bench, he'll give you 12 and eight or something, but he'll always give you those pretty looking numbers, but it's about how he actually plays. And we know about that, you know, when he played down here in Miami and us being heat fans, Um, this is going to be, I think the most, you know, the most anticipated series out of all the series um, that we will talk about. I'm really, really excited just because I, I think that this will be a real test for the Lakers um, and if they can turn on the motor or not because this is not a series. In a, you know, in a typical year, if they, if, even if they were to play the Grizzlies or Suns, that, you know, they can kind of cruise through and, and slowly gear up like they've been doing. But this, they're going to need to get right into it. And I agree with you, too. I, I wouldn't be surprised if game one, the, the Trailblazers come out and punch them in the mouth and get a win. And Dame, you know, goes off for 35. CJ, you know, gets 20-plus, and and Nurkic gets 20-plus. It's about how they're going to respond. Again, I keep stressing it. It's no home court, no nothing. So I think that even goes to the Blazers' advantage uh, because you can come out and win game one, and it's not, you know, there's no... You don't need to worry about being in Staples Center or being at the Moda Center back at home, whatever it is. So... This series is going to be really, really interesting. I do think the, the Lakers come out winning in six or seven. I can't put an, a, a, game, a, a game on it, but it's going to be a real, real tough series. And if, and if you know, the others, the, the role players for the Lakers can't come through, don't be surprised if, if this Portland team wins in seven.
1: Yeah, I don't, for me personally, I don't see at all the Blazers coming out uh, victorious at all. Um, but I do, I do think that it will be uh, competitive nonetheless. As far as this next series, and this one, I'm going to go here and take an upset. I'm going to take the Thunder over the Rockets. Um, I'm taking the Thunder over the Rockets in, I want to say, I think it goes seven. And think this one goes seven. Uh, not having Russell Westbrook game one is very huge in this instance and in this series. Um, I think that Chris Paul, with the playoff shortcomings and the Rockets, are um, kind of the same as well in terms of uh, playoff shortcomings when it comes to Harden, Westbrook, et cetera, et cetera. But as far as Chris Paul, I feel like this team has had a chip on their shoulder the whole entire season. They've been underdogs. They've shown that they can compete, um, and that's why they've landed the fifth spot in the West. Like, I was going to be a huge X factor, I think, as well. You're going to be looking at the six man of the year candidate and Jen- Dennis Schroeder as a, a player that needs to have a positive impact on this team as he has as he's had all season, averaging 19 uh, off the bench. And he's going to take some load off of Chris Paul. I also think that it's going to be a coaching duel with Mike D'Antoni and, and Billy Donovan. I think that Billy Donovan's done a great job of orchestrating this team, leading this team, and coaching it. And he's going to be crucial in this series as well. And I, I just think that Russell Westbrook's a big loss, uh, game one. I feel like the Thunder could steal the, can steal game one for sure. Or I won't say for sure, but possibly. Uh, and then, yeah, I just think that that, that starting five of the Thunder is really underrated. You have Gallo. You have Steven Adams. Um. Forget the other two dudes. I'm going blank. Um, oh Sh- uh SGA. I know they start uh Terrence Ferguson at the three. So as far as that lineup, that's gonna be crucial in this series. Um and I think Steven Adams as well. Because if you look at uh now again, the Rockets have had good games. Uh surprisingly, it's worked out small ball, but then if you look at Steven Adams as well. Uh, him and Chris Paul, pick and roll action is going to be pretty crucial in that series as well. So, uh, All in all, I just feel like Russell Westbrook is going to hurt game one. And then if you look towards the remainder of that series, I'm going to go with the upset here. But it could go either way. Um, that's why I picked the Thunder in seven. Yeah, um, this, is,
0: this is tough. Um, I'm going to go Rockets here. I, even though Russell Westbrook's out, I'm going to go Rockets in seven. I think this will be a real, real t- close series. Uh, I think both teams have major X factors. I think, obviously, Russ uh, James Harden, excuse me, who you know hasn't really showed up, some people say, in the playoffs uh, over the past couple of seasons. I think that will be really, really key. And uh, I think that as well as how, how quickly Russell Westbrook can come back, I think this Thunder team is, I mean, some people said that they would be a lottery team and they you know, they wouldn't even sniff the playoffs in this team as just surprise people from Chris Paul's leadership to Dennis Schroeder, um, six-man of the year, Shea Gildas-Alexander in his second year just playing out of his mind, Steven Adams, Danilo Gallinari, um, so on and so forth. They've all just played uh, terrific basketball and they've gotten to a five seed. I, I just think that the Rockets have a little too much um, or not too much. I think here's the thing with the Rockets and, and they're going to live and die by it. And they've been living or dying by it for you know, a couple years now and, and more this season than ever with their small ball is the three ball. And I'll make a little bold prediction, a bold statement here is that if they can ride on their three ball, they can get as far as the finals. Um, they are just like the 76ers out, but in the West with, they can go out in the first round, but I truly do believe they can get all the way to the finals. Um, but the, the key is, is can they hit their shots? They're going to take 50, 60 threes a game. Can they hit at least 38, 39, 40% of those? Because if they can, there's no stopping them. Uh, defensively, you have Robert Cummington, who's a, a decent defender. Um, I think James Harden, you, we saw him on Giannis and his glimpses of if he actually wants to play defense, he can. Uh, you have Jeff Green. Um, I'm not just talking defensively now, but just in total – uh, PJ Tucker, how he plays Austin Rivers, uh, Ben M- Mclemore, Eric Gordon. This team is is a team that it, even from the beginning of the season, before they totally went small ball, it's just if they can hit their shots, and you about any team, but this especially because they've they've lived and died by it, they they can truly beat this team, the Thunder. I think that as good of a story they that they've had, I don't think that you know everything would have to go right for them. Um, I think overall, as, as a team, they're more well-rounded. But I think that James Harden and, and when Russell Westbrook returns, they're just too much for
1: them. Yeah. Uh, I I just think that the Thunder, it, again, it could go either way. Um, it's, it's going to be a nail-biter of a series, uh, no doubt. I just feel like, again... The Thunder with the narrative, with everything riding on them. I really do hope that the, that the Rockets, as much as ha- they've had their playoff woes, um, you don't have the Warriors necessarily as the, as the one seed. You have the Lakers followed by the Clippers, which are still two powerhouses um, in your way, even if you do get past the Thunder here. Uh, I really do hope the best for them. I hope that they can come back after all that, uh, that mishap. But I have the Thunder That's what I'm going to go with.
0: Okay, the next series, another really interesting series, and I think what would be a close series, Denver
1: as the three seed, Utah as the six seed. Who do you got? I got the Denver Nuggets. I think that this this could be a toss-up as well. Uh, The Jazz do not have uh, Bogdanovich. They've been dealing with that for a little bit. But it's going to be a battle between the two centers. Rudy Gobert. A uh, defensive monster against Jokic, who's the center of that Denver Nuggets team. It's the focal point. A guy that is arguably the best center in the league and is an absolute problem. The guy is uh, a master uh, facilitating. Uh, he can get to the cup. Uh, he can shoot. I mean, his his fadeaway middies pretty unguardable. Uh, and if, if that's going down it's it's night it's you know it's pretty much night night um but and so michael porter jr is a big factor uh probably the x factor in the series he's gotten a lot of minutes uh and has been his been, has proved himself uh as a young player for them i think he's going to be key um i think that not having bogdanovich to match up with him um although the offensive side of him is, is more than the defensive side for Bogdanovich, but um, I, I just don't – well, you do have a guy like Royce O'Neill you could plug in there, which is a good defender. Uh, the terror that Michael Porter Jr., you can't really disregard that. The guy's been one of the top players in the bubble and um, the young phenom that he is. I do think, think that if you look towards Utah's side, you do have Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell – uh, they've they've addressed uh, their relationship, of course, after what happened in March with Rudy Gobert. Uh, but this is also a test. We talk about Philadelphia looking into the future. This is also a test for the Utah Jazz in the future and seeing which one they want to keep. Uh, if it comes down to that, I think this is their test here, if they can get past the Nuggets, who have always been, I think, a really underrated top-tier contender. And I think that... As well as Michael Porter Jr., also at Bow Bow on the Nuggets. Uh, he's had some glimpses here and there. He's provided great minutes for them. So I really think they're going to need to provide consistency as young players, and as well as the veteran leadership of, uh, well, not veteran leadership, but still young players. Sort of being uh, just older, older players. I mean, they're not super old, but. But young leaders, I guess, in Jokic and Jamal Murray. And so maybe be, I think they end up uh, getting the best of them, uh, the Nuggets. But be surprised if the Jazz do take the series. I think it's very possible.
0: I have to agree with you. I'm going to go um, Nuggets here. I'm going to go Nuggets and six, but there's a key thing. Um, before we started recording this, uh, Mike Conley did leave the bubble for the birth of his, birth of his son. So that means he mm. will definitely be missing at least game one and two um possibly even game three which is august 21st which is friday um that's pending when he returns to the bubble and obviously families first the birth of your son or uh so you don't you know that's more important i think than than basketball um being there and everything but and i think that's a really key thing in terms of not maybe uh the Jazz winning this series, but how long this series goes, because I could also see Denver winning it in, in five. I think, like you just said, Denver is a underrated um, top-tier contender. Um, people don't talk about them enough because the Lakers and the Clippers, they're in the same conference as them. Uh, I think my X factor for for the Nuggets, as big as Michael Porter Jr. is, I think, Bo Bull Bo, Bull, this, this kid, he can take over games. I'm I'm thoroughly convinced he's still so young and and has only played a handful of games in the NBA, but we've seen flashes of just, at least I have, of of just, wow, like, how can you stop this guy? He's 7'2", can pull up, has KD-type pull-up tendencies, can drive, um, can do so much. And even on the defensive end, you know, his his length and ability. Um, But also Michael Porter Jr., they have... uh, They have, you know, Tory Craig, um, Will Barton, uh, Paul Millsap, veteran leader, um, Jeremy Grant, uh, Troy Daniels, Monte Murray, and obviously Jamal Murray. Uh, So I I, I think that the Nuggets um, pull this one out. Uh, I do want to, because I know we're kind of running, you know, we have a long podcast here. So last last matchup of the first round. Clippers, uh, Mavericks, I think one of the more interesting matchups here, even though it might not last long, just interesting because of who's playing
1: in this series. Who do you got? I have Clips in this one. I'm going to take them in six. I think that let's take Dallas first. So, yeah, I I just feel like the young player that Luka Doncic is and his dominance, uh, and let's be honest here, the Clippers – as good as they've looked, though, they haven't had a roster at full strength, um, and that could be a that could be a good thing. That could also be not so good of a thing. We'll, we'll we'll see because obviously there there's chemistry involved there, and adding pieces can sometimes be uh, not so good when you've when you've played a lot of games without them, and that that has to allude to Montrezl Harrell. I'm hoping they can get off on, and I'm I'm predicting they'll they'll, they'll be fine. But uh, the problem with the Mavericks is uh, closing games. They've had a really bad uh, experiences in the in the bubble in closing games, um, time and time again. And the Clippers, that's something that they're good in having a guy like Kawhi Leonard. Who, if you didn't watch last year's playoffs, he was the he was the clutchest guy in, the, in those playoffs with uh, um, that shot against the Sixers to send him home. So. That's the key difference there. I think that when a great offensive team meets a great defensive team, they're going to be set for a great series, and I think that that's what this will be. I have Clippers in six. Yeah. I have
0: Clips in five. Um, they could go six. I, I agree it could go just because I think Luca and Porzingis can will them to win two games. I just think that the Clips are too much. Um, I know we're going to do finals predictions after, right after this, and then um, I think I'm kind of foreshadowing who I think my finals, uh, who will win it all for me, and I've kind of mentioned it throughout the season. Um, but I just think the Clips are too much, and especially for this young uh, Mavericks team, um, I think you know they have the Mavericks. I think will uh, this also off season for them? I think should be interesting to see who they bring in, what happens with them, um, because they have the pieces there. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. has been a great, great piece for them in a wing who can knock down threes, play defense. And then you have Porzingis and Luca. And Luca's, you know, he, I, if I had to do an early, way too early prediction for next year's MVP, I, I would pick Luca. Um, just the kid is a monster. Uh, I can't even call him a kid because he's been playing professional basketball since he's 15, 14, 15 years old over in Europe. And he won an MVP over there in the League before he came over. Um, I don't know how he didn't go number one overall pick, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Um, but I, I'm going to keep it short here. I, I, Clips easy. Uh, I think this will just be going through the motions for them. Hopefully they can finally get everyone together. I know Montrez is back in the uh, bubble. Um, so I think this is for them for the first time, really. They'll have a fully healthy team, and that, that will be um, very crucial for them just to go through the motions and, and see how they play as a team. Um, last thing before we do get out of here. Finals predictions? Who you got? I, I know, you know, we kind of wanted to go through each round, but just because how long we took and this podcast would be it's time to yeah, yeah. So, finals prediction? Who you got? And who, you, who do you have
1: winning? Also, and how many games? I'm gonna take uh, Clippers and Bucks. Uh, I might think that you probably take the same matchup. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, for me, uh, I think that it's debatable, especially if you look. In either conference, really, there's a lot of teams that could surprise you. And I wouldn't be surprised if a team like the Celtics, the Raptors, the Heat, if you look out west, the Lakers, the – I mean, the Lakers are are a clear favorite, and a lot of people are going to take them as well. But, I mean, the the Lakers and Clippers are the only teams I really see out west making it. I think that – it's uh it's inevitable with that series and just the narrative that they've had um, as the two top dogs in LA. But um, yeah, I, I have the thing with me is I have Bucks and seven. Now the reason I have Bucks and seven is because I just feel as if that Lakers Clippers series, I just feel like that'll drain the the Clippers. Hold on, man, hold on, hold on, one second.
0: You're going to kill me with editing, bro. <laughs>
1: let me write this down. What is this? My bad, bro. I'm,
0: dude,
1: I got people yelling in my house, dude.
0: Yeah, no, I heard that. I was just going to let you keep going. I just said, you're going to kill me with editing, bro. This editing is going to be a bitch. We've recorded that 25 times. Okay. Um,
1: I don't even know where you are. Just keep going with your point. So I just feel as if the, uh, the Lakers and Clippers matchup up. Uh, for the Clippers, I just feel like the Lakers are going to drain them. Now, they are the deepest team in the league, in my opinion. But the real question is, I do have Bucks and Seven, but I do question them in terms of how deep are they really? Now, I know they are a deep team. But it all also depends on who shows up, and I'm counting on Middleton to show up as a as a clear second option. I'm counting on Bledsoe, even though he's come up short in the playoffs, to step up. And that team is just perfectly built around Giannis. You have a guy like Brooke Lopez who the pain or, uh, defends the paint or defends the paint as well as anyone. You have a guy like Middleton who steps up defensively. You have Wesley Matthews, Dante Divincenzo. You have a uh, old vet like Kyle Corver, they just have a lot of the pieces, man, and it's gonna be really tight uh in my opinion, I feel like that's a toss up in the finals, but I'm gonna take bucks in seven, highly competitive series, and again i I got the bucks gotta roll with them
0: I got the same matchup as you, but I got a different outcome. I got clips in six um this team' is just too deep, and to me as. They're going to get past the Lakers, obviously. I know we're not doing full predictions. That series will go long, probably, if Lakers get to that point, which I think they will. Um, but to me, you've been looking at this whole season. They've been load-managing the crap out of everyone. You even look at Harrell, Herald, and I know people can say, oh, chemistry, well, they have the entire playoffs until the finals. We just talked about that first round with them that I just talked about, you know, them getting in the flow of things. It's not going to make a, it. I, I don't think it's going to affect them too much their chemistry i think that you know um Kawhi is if he's anything close to what he was last playoffs and he has more talent on this team it, it's a wrap um i think that you know you go one through you can go one you, you, the whole roster can play from from Kawhi and paul george all the way to terrence Mann and, and, and rodney magruder everyone can play everyone has a role everyone knows their role no matter if that's just playing defense hitting threes playmaking getting rebounds, whatever it is. Doc Rivers is a coach. I think that, you know, he doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion, with how great of a coach he is. Um, yeah, I think Clips and Six, the Bucs, I don't think – I think there's too many questions besides Giannis. And even with Giannis, because, again, who beat Giannis last year? Why? Why? Because of the defense, him taking Giannis out of the game. And then after you take Giannis out of the game – chris middleton can he step up and i think it will even be a challenge for the bucks to get there because they'll have to go potentially through the heat and then the celtics or raptors um to get there and like you said with the the clippers you know going lengthy series i think the bucks will also have to go maybe not as lengthy in series but it will just be a challenging and and it can wear and tear and Giannis will be there but um yeah, i will do it, guys. Uh, where can they check us out, Jake, on social media, like every episode I say. And, uh, guys, make sure to subscribe.
1: Go to our Instagram that Jake's about to say, and i uh, will do it. Yeah, so you guys can check us out at underscore around the league underscore. And then check us out on all three streaming platforms, Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Pod. So check us out, guys, wherever you guys get your podcasts. It uh, means a lot to us, and we appreciate all the feedback and support. Yeah, guys, especially playoffs coming up. Be sure to uh, put on
0: those notifications for when we drop a pod um, and every week, may, who knows, maybe we'll start doing twice a week during the class. who knows I you know I know we're getting back into school and stuff, but um otherwise, peace out guys. Peace.